following unedited footage has been declassified by the Banzai Institute for Biomedical Engineering and Strategic Information. Everything's stuck. It starts a little late. This is Anna and Mark. We're about to uh, do a panel about tarot and Oz. We're waiting for Gita Dorothy. What is her last name again? Marina. Thank you, Marina to um, sit with us. She is the granddaughter of Elfringbaum. Yeah, and she knows everyone in the audience. All, all eight of them. Six, five, six of them. And we're just sort of going to drone on. I can count. Three, six, seven. And a dog. Did I say cat? Yes, you just said cat. And I'm the one who's still drunk. We still have Let's not edit this part out. This is a very important blather. I like the dead air at this point. It's yeah, really no, good. It's classy. Well, I, you know, it's not like we're disappointing anymore, right? Like, except for Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, how disappointed are you as an audience member, and how we haven't done anything yet? I think you need to give it some time. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna let it breathe. I only have twenty minutes of material anyway. So. I can pick up Gita's laughter really well on this recording device. It's fabulous. It's she a, is it's a, not a big room. No, Gita, Gita is a total darling. Yeah. Every hour that I agonized and stressed over this presentation. Total waste. This is why I tell you to not freak out. Yeah. I should have done this. Merit Once you've gone back and looked at it, why was it? Yeah. I mean, it's just people. And then September 11th will happen out of the blue. Yeah. Usually that which you concentrate on. All right, we're going to attempt to get started. We're yeah. going gonna to do a start. No, we're recording. Okay. And this will be edited into a more coherent podcast. Maybe. Maybe. Cool. I was thinking about it. If he gets around uh, to it. No need for everyone to be shy if you want to come close <laughs> in on this. We've scared everyone away. Oh, okay, you well, stay there, but you, come on, move up if you want. No, we all showered. <laughs> so we're here to talk about the debut of our new tarot deck, uh, which we call the Shadow of Oz, but we're also going to talk about symbolism and things in general, I think. Um, Gita will help with that. Oops. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah. Uh, so there's really no moderator or anything like that. You're it. So. And go. You're, you're our leader. Okay. Well, then I'll take you through a little presentation on the deck, how we developed it, uh, why we developed it, and... Who some, developed it? The, yes, exactly. The mechanics of, of making it happen. So... There we go. That's sort of the tagline. This, or, this, was, the, this was my stack of books. This is a portion of my stack of books for the past nine months. Uh, just gathering every tarot book, every Oz book that I could find, uh, just sort of uh, delving, trying to find the connections between the two worlds, uh, both symbolically, thematically, and visually. Uh, we because we do not have a history of tarot. Well, that's the thing. Anna and I, so introductions, I'm so sorry. We just assumed everybody knows each other. I've got a sign here, but that's, I'm Mark Anthony Masterson. I wrote a comic book called Dorothy between 2003 and 2007. Uh, it was a modern retelling of The Wizard of Oz. Anna. I'm Anna Warren Seabrand. Um, I was the publisher with Mark, um, and then we folded that company down. It was no good. We started a whole new, better company called Illogical Associates. That's the two of us. And on our way to get well, back to the comic, this is going to come we up. will. We, no, I just we created want you to this. Yourself. Oh, I am introducing myself. You be quiet. So this is why we're Illogical Associates. Because we argue all the time. I also own a comic book store called Elusive Comics and Games um, up in the Bay Area. And so um, there's dual task. So we come from the world of comics, essentially. So we no. were... Let's oh, oh sorry. I thought you knew them. I thought you knew them. Still introduce yourself. Sorry. Take one step back. This is going to be really great when we really do the panel, for real. <laughs> it's going to be so much better. This run-through is going to really well, have help. you're never allowed to moderate anything ever again. I'm Gita Dorothy Morena. I'm L. Frank Baum's great-granddaughter. And I'm a psychotherapist in, in my work. 
and I've been doing tarot readings for about 30 years now. So I do a lot working with imagery and uh, working from kind of a Jungian perspective and understanding imagery and symbolism and how it expresses parts of ourselves that we can't really reach very well uh, through words. So that's kind of my field of study here. Yes. It's so going on back. Going back. So when we, re we reformed the company to publish more comics, uh, we literally, this is the uh, fortune cookie I got after a meeting we had where we discussed, hey, couldn't you do an Oz tarot deck? It's really spooky. <laughs> so we did, we did find another path. Uh, and this is the image that, that started us on it. Um, we, we, we were working with an, um, a concept artist named Mark Renee, trying to revamp our original uh, Wizard of Oz comic, which is called Dorothy, because under a new company, we wanted a different, slightly different creative direction. And so, while we were sitting with him one day... And he, drew, he gave up some random sketches, and he said, hey, a big problem with it, you'd have Dorothy on the lion. So it's harder to see here than on the screen, but here's Dorothy, and here's our beast of a lion here. Uh, just a really rough sketch, but in my head it suddenly exploded, that's the strength card. That we hadn't been talking about tarot or anything like that, it's just that image suddenly wetted in my brain. So, so at the same time we were working on the concepts for Dorothy, the new Dorothy, we were figuring out how we were going to fund it, and we decided we'd use Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding platform, where you say, this is a project we want to create, this is the budget we need to hit. Um, if you give us money, you will get these different kinds of rewards when the project is made, um, and some, some other things. And so we were, kind, we were working on what kinds of stuff would we let people get for giving us money for Dorothy, and I said, let's just throw together a tarot deck. Right. She said, takes my one idea that, of one card and says, let's make all 78. It won't take that long. We'll give it to people. It's not a big deal. So, then I started my research. Uh, what would it take? And this is just a... This, these are the three elements that went into my thinking about the deck. Uh, is uh, Oz, the occult, and comics. Um, so this was, little, this was my bookshelf. Uh, actually, it's just to the left of my desk uh, during that time. But yeah, you've got the Batman there, you've got the, the history of <laughs> phrase and fable, you've got uh, Alan Moore's From Hell, uh, which was a graphic novel about the Jack the Ripper killings that uh, was turned into a movie with Johnny Depp that did not faithfully adapt it at all, but still, um, that's not the book, that's a book about the book because I was looking, looking at the structures of things. Moving on. We, we thought it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so we, um, we approached um, a very well-known uh, artist. Right, we thought we, we, we'll just get one guy to do this. We'll, we'll uh, find some poor sucker. No, 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 he was the perfect choice. I said, you know what, if anybody could do a tarot deck, it's this one guy. Uh, we approached him, and he was very polite. He said, oh, I liked your comic. I uh, would do the entire thing. He was very excited. He, it's, it is right up his alley, but he was committed for the next year. Entire uh, year. So we wouldn't have been able to do it. So what we... Well, I said, well, if he would reply to our emails, imagine who else might reply to our emails. And so we started coming up with a wish list of who, who in the comic book industry do we just worship and send them emails. And so I started sending out mass amounts of emails and a lot of people replied. And then we thought, well, maybe there's other kinds of artists we like who might have responded to our emails. And um, they replied. And so we started compiling this, a list. We, we started narrowing down whose artistic styles might work together. And then a, a local artist in the Bay Area who's still in college but is profoundly talented um, is named Olympia. And we said, could you work on a, a back-of-the-car design for us to give us a, a basis right. to show them the theme. It, it seemed like a viable project at this point. So we, we commissioned Olympia to start creating the card back that would express the themes of the deck. Uh, this is the third draft she came up with. Right. First she did one that just had the, the monkeys. Then she did another that had the monkey and the tin man. And I was like, oh, that is great. Because you get gorgeous. both the... You get the higher nature and the lower nature. You get the animal and, and the intellectual. The only thing I'm missing... I mean, Olympia, this is great... Uh, 
I hope it's your final draft because uh, you've done so much work for us, but it's, it's missing the feminine. And so she came back with this design that just, it's the whole world. It has the, the metal, it's got the organic, it's got the uh, artificial, the it's got the, it's just everything. It's just everything. So we knew, like, with this as our star, uh, we could proceed, we could go forward. So um, then Mark kind of disappeared for about two months. Um, because it turns out it takes a lot of research to create a tarot deck. Um, he used all 14 books yes. to well, find characters. And the idea was um, not to just do a generic deck like where you just see the popular characters. Because uh, I figure if you're just going to throw popular characters in there for no reason, you, you should do playing cards. And they would sell well. They'd be fine. They'd be popular. But um, if it's going to be a real deck, a real working deck, it's got to have the actual characters, the actual imagination of L. Frank Baum translated into that world. So, so the it became a, and much the more complex. The characters and the scenes. Yes. Sorry, we're... Yeah. Do you have anything to... No, it's <laughs> so, uh So Mark went and researched all of that, and I wondered what he was wasting his time doing, because it should take not that much time to write 78 cards. I mean, my God. And in the meantime, I was working with all the artists and um, rounding up um, unrealistic timelines... Profoundly unrealistic timelines, and um, and we threw together the Kickstarter, which ran just this year in February and March, and um, we we raised twenty eight thousand dollars to get this deck published. We thought we'd raise like twelve hundred dollars. We 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 fully went into this project knowing it was never going to happen. Yeah, that we had a great idea that was no way was people going to give us money. We had no art other than the card back. Yeah, and, and some rough and sketches. three rough sketches from some of the artists who are kind enough to give them to us. And um, but I network like mad. And um, yeah. so we successfully uh, we raised all the money with, and, with the help of our friends. Yeah. Uh, and their friends and our family and my customers from yeah. my shop and uh, fans. A lot of Wizard of yeah. Oz Club fans. Um, and so then uh, Mark actually had to finish writing all the right. card and descriptions. Actually, and the procrastinator in me was certainly uh, no looking way. forward to us not funding. Um, I was <laughs> hoping like, okay, I've done a lot of work, but if I don't have to make the finished product, that's cool too, because then I'm off the hook. We don't actually have to do it. But no, it funded. It so funded. we started getting uh, art going from uh, the rough, very rough stages to the pencil to ink stages to the final color stages. Uh, and that process took the next two months. Yeah, it took a couple of months. Um, now, a lot of the creators we worked with are extremely well-known comic artists um, and graphic designers. So they were crunching their work into their extremely busy time schedules. Um, and in the midst of preparing the Kickstarter, our friend Marisol, whose husband is with us today, pointed out this convention happening. And suddenly my timeline got way more unrealistic. Yeah. I would say things like, hey, printer, when do you need the art by? And they say, when do you need it by? And I say, well, we have this convention we need to be at August 7th. And they say, great, we need the art two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, we haven't given the assignments to the artists yet. <laughs> so so uh, that was scary. So, um, so we sent everything off to the artists, and they, some of whom are Oz fans and some of whom have only seen the movie, no. sent back... A lot of interesting interpretations. Yeah, it was a spirit of collaboration for a lot of it. Was I gave essentially what it, in the comics world would be a panel description. I tell them here's the scene, here's who we see in the scene, here's what they're doing. Uh, then, if it w could be sourced in bomb material, I would then put quotations from bomb for the relevant scenes, so they would know what to refer to. And images. And images, if I had any. Uh, and then they would also get uh, an interpretation. What what mood are we going for with the card? Where should they be looking to to find their own inspiration? And some people were familiar with tarot more than Oz, other people were more familiar with Oz and tarot, and so you get this good balance of, Everything. of, of, the, of the different traditions. Yeah. And then several of the artists only do the inking, the black and white, um, and have colorists. So we also had another hand in people coming in and, and working on the... Do you have to understand, this project is literally a worldwide project. Yeah. We had four women and eight and 14 men at the, by the end, because we actually went through a rotation of a couple different artists, had to leave the project, so we had to find some new ones. People and from all had, over the world. Uh, one colorist is in Argentina. 
Uh, one of our artists is from Australia. It's Australia, but he lives here in the U.S. But uh, the people on the East Coast, people like English. It was eighteen different artists in the end. Well, plus colorists, so twenty-two. 20, yeah. Um, a lot of moving parts. Um, and it, and 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 a two-month timeline. Yeah, no, and, and a negative two-month timeline. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy, crazy busy. Um, so then once all the artists had their work and Mark was able to start to see their finished project he needed to see the finished art to write the, the translation booklet because they would change sometimes or add in things we weren't <laughs> expecting. Like in my rough draft, I'd say, he's holding X, Y, or Z. He's holding a scepter. I get the art back, no scepter. Well, that changes <laughs> how I interpret things. Um, okay, that means his empty hand means something rather than his full hand. Or he's so, sitting in a throne and he was standing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this, actually, this, this uh, sample here. Um, by Derek Robertson. By Derek Robertson. It was, it was a last-minute... Uh, card assignment for him because somebody else had fallen through. Uh, These are two separate cards, by the way. The one on the the far left is uh, the Ace Ace of Swords, yeah. and the one on the right is the King of Swords. Is the King of Swords. Uh, so the King of Swords. I had the description was he's on a mountaintop uh, with a, a backless throne. Uh, there, are win he's he's in Winky Country, and there are birds around, and <laughs> and then Derek turns in this, <laughs> which. No throne, <laughs> no mountaintop, no birds, no, no wind, no birds. But it's a gorgeous piece. So he couldn't write the booklet clearly until he'd seen all the final art. But I went to Derek and said, "Why is this?" And he had a reason for every change that he had made. He's an amazing artist. He, he was just fantastic, and I was like, "You know, you're right. That works for me as well." I I totally appreciate so that. So the artists really helped create the deck, literally, not just through their art, but the the formation of how it would become interpreted and everything, just by that. So, this is an amazing card because Trina Robbins, who is legendary in the comic book industry, um, she's been in it for something like five decades, did this piece, hates it, and has decided this is the last piece of public art she's ever creating. She, Although we love it. Yeah. <laughs> Why does she? I she think she she, she, like she it. yeah. She still doesn't she's like it. She likes it now. She like once it's been colored. Yeah, when she saw the colored version, because she did not do the coloring. She did the the. She did the, the black inking. and white line art. Um, but what was her upset? I mean, illustrative of what of an analysis. In general, she just doesn't. She just doesn't like it. As, as an artist, I think it. she was just being self-deprecating, like yeah. you know. Uh, but she she did everything in the piece the way I wanted. So that means the trumps, which are the major arcana, uh, they carried the journey of Dorothy here as the fool, the innocent, the naive, all the way to the Maybe. next card. <laughs> it's gonna go forward too now. I know. <laughs> timing timing it's, is everything this is good there, there we go, go. Uh, at the end of the series of the Trumps that back <laughs> this card's done by Jimmy Robinson uh, she's a full princess of Oz she has become fully integrated she has uh, conquered the world essentially um, so she stands above the map of Oz uh, with her companions in the corners aware uh, yeah, but the yellow brick road, which was on the first card, is still there. So you can return to the beginning of the Trumps and start your journey again, and learn the lessons of that of that path. Uh, so that's just the beginning and a little taste of what that. For the so our our deck is uh, seventy eight cards, uh, the major arcana and the four suits and the suits that we decided to interpret with are. Wands, swords, discs, and cups. And cups. And they correspond to the four countries. So you've got uh, the purple border cards are Gillikin, red border cards for, for uh, Quadling. I'm very tired. <laughs> yellow blue, and blue. Yellow and blue, Winkies and Munchkins. Uh, so the, the cards are, color is so important to Oz uh, that color had to become part of the thematic part of the deck. The colors really uh, help you help guide you as to where you are in the scene and what is supposed to draw your eye in each of these scenes. So the, the, the red card is... Um, uh, Nine of Wands? Uh, yeah, yeah, that we asked the artists to for the symbols that the, the colors should match. So um, it's... it's uh, Some of the cards are more obscure, so this one doesn't actually have... Um, it's half covered up. But, but no, it doesn't actually have wands. Right, yeah. There, there are not nine physical wands in that scene, but there are nine objects uh, that are longer than they are <laughs> wide uh, that are red and have that sense of that power. So you, 
you're not necessarily looking in a lot of tarot a lot of decks uh, the the object of the suit is stylized in a way that they're all the same but I wanted to be more true to Oz and have the scene be true rather than the objects be artificially uh, inserted into the scene so again that balance between Oz and tradition and the one the one struggle we had was um, I'm sorry did you have a question well, I was going to say with tarot there's a structure to a tarot deck just like there's a structure to a deck of cards that have four suits the tarot deck has a set of cards uh, 20 22 cards that are major arcana. So those are like major archetypal themes and energies that function in our lives in different ways. And that's all tarot decks have that somehow represented. And then the deck has four different suits. So the numbers go from 1 to 10 and then there's pages and knights and kings and queens. And that's the uh, royalty cards, if you will, with the uh, numbered cards in each suit. So each suit has a different uh, characteristic and type of energy and dimension that it addresses. And then the major arcana have these different uh, bigger energetic themes that go on in your life. So they've taken the, the Wizard of Oz story and and found its place inside this structure of the tarot cards. So that's sort of the, the background of what the tarot really is. And it was it was designed, I mean you may know more a little bit about the history, but it was it was uh, began in kind of the Middle Ages when we were so oppressed about our thinking from the church and all of its uh, dogma and the more esoteric teachings wanted to be preserved one way or another so they chose to do it through imagery because people don't understand imagery unless you start to see how it works and what it's really showing so it carries the esoteric teachings in a way um, that run through all different uh, religions and teachings around the world and it's so interesting I think to see how Oz has found its way into this and what it really expresses through this this other structure. Well, it's <clears throat> once you start going deep into the imagination, or someone has a powerful imagination, they start encountering the same sorts of ideas. And it's a concept that uh, uh, is called idea space. Essentially, there's this landscape of consciousness, or even unconsciousness. And once you start going down there, you find the same things. You find the continent of self-knowledge, and you find the tower of uh, impermanence. And so because Baum was using his imagination, unconsciously he was tapping into these same things. Architects. 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 Um, Go for it. Uh, there's not much more. Uh, so... But we could pull up the art and let it scroll through. Yeah. Uh... I've lost my train of thought. You go. Well, actually, what I found interesting was when we put the deck together, the suits were not discs to start the one suit. We started with coins, but Mark struggled to find money at all in any form. There's no money in Oz. None. There's the one <laughs> reference to pennies. There's one reference to pennies, but no more coins from then on. So very late in the day I realized I was going up the wrong path by calling the coins. I wasn't thinking correctly. So actually after all of the art was submitted to us, final draft and everything, we changed it from coins to discs. Was it a disc, the original? Yeah. Uh, it's You're either a disc or a pentacle, they would call it. it. You know, it doesn't really matter in a way. It matters that you find the consistency that represents that image, is which that is... Earth? It's yeah. about earth, it's about uh, dealing with the material world, so a lot of times it associates with money because it's about building in the material world, or building in your own inner world of self-confidence, and, and, uh, but creating in that concrete way. So it could be discs, it could be pennies, it could be pentacles, it could be something like that, that represents that whole idea. I've recalled my train of thought. It was that... Uh, the, the most famous deck in the U.S. is known as the Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, the company that published it was Rider. The author was Waite, the artist was Smith, so it's called Rider Waite Smith. Uh, that's, most of the tarot symbols that you know or recognize are going to come from that deck because it was published by a U.S. playing card company. And 
it's just very widely distributed. Uh, the interesting thing about that is they were developing that deck around 1910, which is when Baum was writing. So it's, they, they come from that same time period, that same sort of gestation period. Um, and also, other decks were being developed that didn't come out later, but or didn't come out for many years after that, that influenced my choices for colors in certain energies for cards. I didn't want to be slavish to any one tradition, but again, get that balance between everybody's ideas. Um, so here's an example of the surprising changes you get when you let an artist interpret things. Um, the first card, The Lovers, is done by Steve Leloha, who, um, it was very funny to me. He, he's very prolific uh, artist. He works on a, a comic called Fables and many, many other things. He, he's actually Trina's um, life partner. and So they've both been in the industry for decades. And um, then the other card, uh, the Two of Cups, done by a local Bay Area artist named Gaz Gretzky. Yeah. And essentially, the, the Lovers and the Two of Cups are the romantic cards. Um, and it's very tough as many probably know, to find romance in Oz. It's not a particularly mature place sexually. Um, or in Kansas. <laughs> so uh, the these are basically the only two romantic relationships. Yeah? Yes. Uh-huh. Have another drink. The only two explicitly romantic relationships are between Oscar the Rose Queen and Joe Files. Uh, a private in, in the army of Ugabu. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Pawn, the gardener's son, who marries uh, Queen Gloria of Jinxland. Um, so, in my descriptions, I made most of these, I made most of the connections between the two. I thought they would be parallel cards to each other. Uh, but you get two different artists, give them almost the same descriptions, and these are what they come out with. Yeah, we, di we didn't say anything about how they should we didn't say to Steve hey make sure it's intertwined so it's 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 the same yeah. feeling right side up or upside down that's the question of you have you had a chance to look at that mm -hmm. it seems to me this is a very good visualization of the difference using the same topic the major difference between the major and the minor absolutely on the same topic and I commend you having seen absolutely. this for the first time because you might say what's well, the same thing no the floridity of this mm -hmm. piece and the reality down to the shears. Yeah. Um, a little bit of the interest in having a, a racial mm -hmm. issue being presented in that lion over the top. I just. Yeah, it's perfect. Absolutely. You're right on because this is much more of a. It goes into a much more uh, profound and kind of universal space. You sort of get the idea of energies, male and female, coming together. And, on the major. Part. And the major. And then you look at the, the minor, and it's much more about the concrete. How do you do a relationship? Who comes into my life? Oh, here it is. It, 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 it's some of the same energy, but it's how it manifests in our physical day-to-day -day life. And that's the difference between the major and the minor. Someone could make a mistake of making them just a different spin on the mm -hmm. same fundamental issue. Right. Which it They're totally different energetically. I mean, this is what I think is so profound about the way you guys went around this. <laughs> is that you really collaborated and gave a lot of space to the artists. So right. spirit, when there's a lot of space like that, spirit has a chance to come in and do its magic. And it shows in the cards, which is really fun about it, you know, to see it materialize that way. I kind of, from, from the spiritual point of view, um, there was two, three artists that didn't stay with the project um, for, for a variety of reasons, work-related. Work and now that it's done, I can only think clearly there were reasons they were not, you know, mm -hmm. a part of the project. They weren't meant to be a part of the project. Yeah. Um, and they all owe us favors. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, it's partly a function of the deadline and the, the, the necessary realities that we were working with. But there were a number of happy accidents. Things that it was just like, this is a change. I didn't expect this, but so perfect. let's just go with it. Well, like just uh, Pressure, external pressure, having to finish it for this convention. Yeah. Yes. And pressure pushes you like a steam cooker. 
Well, the artist didn't have that. the cards in the mail until two days before the concert. Yeah, we got yeah. this deck. We got these on Wednesday. <laughs> um, I got these on Wednesday. Um, no, it's the, the artist didn't have the pressure we did because the artists are all professionals and they had the same deadline. Nothing, nothing was pushed up. Um, for them, it was it was the pressure on our end of making sure we were getting back very timely feedback on every single draft they were sending in, and um, and then Mark had the pressure of writing the entire booklet and getting that done in a very short amount of time, because he couldn't just take the descriptions we'd sent the artists. That was not at all what we ended up putting in the booklet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <laughs> so early on when I was yelling at him for taking so much time and not telling me what was going on um, one day he pointed out that if he was just proofing just for grammatical errors to read the descriptions of 78 cards just two minutes a piece takes about two hours and I was like no that's dumb and then he sent me he sent me the file of all 78 cards with all of the descriptions and it took me like two days to finally get through it all um, it, it's just a tremendous amount of writing and research that he did. No, I, I'm, this, I'm these sure. are images from the cards without the borders. Yeah, the, well, some, of some without the borders. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had 18 artists on our deck, um, and we were so pleased to have so many women on it, mm-hmm. and it ended up having more women than we intended, that we were hoping for in the beginning that we that we'd had. Um, we, we wanted to bring a diversity of talent. I mean. But that work together. Yeah, exactly. most of them are comic book artists. There are a couple that. This one is for... by one of my employees. That last one is by <laughs> my most artistic employee. Uh, but something again, a more more painterly tradition or more uh, digital traditions. Watercolor. Watercolor. Ink, uh, whack on palette. Um, it, it, but when we were researching the artists to use, we we didn't just accept every artist who was interested or that people were throwing their names at us because we knew although the, the styles were very, very different, they still needed to blend mm-hmm. and have an artistic harmony, even now, if the color palette was Now, you've got a deck back there. Right. Would you draw one card from the deck? So she, she's just purchased Tucker, one of the decks. you got a deck. Tucker is one of um, <laughs> Peter's students. Yes. I wanted to ask you why she's doing that. The size is bigger than the standard. They come in different sizes, the decks do. You know, I probably have 15 different decks that have come over the years from different artists, and they're all different sizes. It's not, they're not standard, most of them are not standard playing card size. They're often a little bit bigger, so you can't just, you can't just play cards with them. You have to put a little effort into shuffling them. Well, that's the one. Okay, that's one one of the very first ones we had art for. (laughs) That's, that's funny to me because that, that piece yeah. drove Mark insane. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's done by a local Bay Area artist named Corey Thompson, and he's very well known for painting on broken skateboards um, doing Star Wars scenes. And um, he happened to be in my shop one day, and my employee Rob said, um, hey, did you ask Corey if he wants to be on the deck? And uh, I said, do you, do you want to do some, some tarot art? And he said, yeah, as many cards as you want to throw me. And these are physically painted on canvas, mm-hmm. hand-painted. And uh, which one is this card? This is the, 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 this is the seven of uh, seven of <coughs> discs. Seven of discs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I think it is literally the first piece of art we saw from the deck. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but uh, it's been edited a few times since we saw it the yeah, first time. Yeah. This this is the more final Hello. version. It's intended to be Jack Pumpkinhead in his pumpkin patch, um, and some of his pumpkins are inexplicably purple. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's a famous scene from on. I mean, he's just uh, he is a master farmer because he has to replace his own head, so he takes care to to grow the a very uh, abundant type of, of pumpkin. It's tough to say abundant pumpkin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and he also lives in the pumpkin. And he's uh, leaning on his he's leaning on his hoe. Yes, his purple headed hoe. But I now I'm going to step back. That's what it was intended to be as a scene. Can I step back and ask? So you want to hear about this? (laughs) So seven is a number of expansion. It's a prime number, and it's in the minor arcana. So it's part of the development in this dimension of the disks, if you will, in that dimension of the concrete world, what you're expressing, what you're creating, what you're building for yourself. 
And at this point, drawing the seven would be an indication that something's starting to move in a new direction. Something's expanding in a new way. It's kind of taking a new twist. It's growing bigger than maybe even what you expected. And it might be something just internal in terms of your own confidence or your own um, sort of vision of what you're doing. But it also might be something that's happening in your material world because it's beginning to get bigger and go out like that that you're creating. So does that fit anything that's going on for you? Okay, anything you want to say about that, just to give people an idea of how this works? Uh, yes, um, I'm in transition phase, and um, I open private practice, and I, um, I've been doing um, clinical social work for 10 years, and I'm in, right in the middle of the transition phase, and it's about, it's about beginning, for like challenge. She agrees. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and also, numerology is diverse. Oh, there you go. So in the beginning of what you started with, I mean, this is what's so magical about all of this, is it gives a way to see these different synchronistic, it's like, yeah, but you know, you see it over and over. When yeah. you use the cards, when you get into the Wizard of Oz, I always warn people with Oz events like this, because things start happening. You know, you see rainbows, and you hear about tornadoes, and... You see signs on the road. And talk, I mean, there are all these little things that start happening. So to take what's in your life and see it in the picture and see how it relates here. So thank you. The analog of this on the major side would be the tower card and the death card. I don't know if I'd quite say that. Um, what would you say the, the major the arcana? There's a few things in the major arcana. You can't quite can't quite compare it because they're working in different dimensions. Um, in a big way, if something were really having to leave, she were having to tear something down or something were really breaking apart in order to move forward, the tower does that. Death does that in a big way when there's something really being taken away to make space for. Um, but there's there's many cards if, when you start to do a reading that you can see that really encourage a new direction. So if I were doing a whole reading with her, she probably would get some information from a major arcana card or two that would help her understand a little bit more what's going on. My, my question is, why would you, if you're talking about changes or transformations, why would you get the minor card as compared to the major card? Because she's... She, what she needs to hear right now is about the practicality and the concreteness of what she's doing. She's relating it to her business. That's a very concrete thing. She's not asking about a deeper sort of profound, in her own psyche, this is what needed to be reflected. So that's very good. In terms of illustrating the difference. And yeah. The appropriateness, because this is actually building to a question about their... <laughs> The major cards have all the sex appeal. The yeah. minor cards are kind of concrete. And people tend to index, in my experience, to look to the major arcana. But it seems to me the real daily gist, as you're saying, is in the minor. How are they doing from what you've seen in comparing the major and the minor representations? Did they do justice to the Did minor? Did these cards? guys do these justice? Guys in this deck, is this deck? You know, the art of that comes in the reader more than it does in the decks. The decks are stimulating, and it's interesting for me to start to do readings with Oz people because, you know, you're very stimulated by the Oz imagery, but the art comes in the reader. What the reader sees and how the reader applies it to what the person is needing to hear, that's the piece. Did you guys have a question in the back? I saw you having a good discussion. Which direction it's going to go in. It's not as subtle as the seven. 
it's, it's interesting to think about the difference between the major and the minor, if you will. I think of the major arcana as being those, it's like when you have a big dream, you wake up and you sort of go, oh my God, that dream really hit me. It's when you feel those big movements deep inside, but you don't know what it's really going to apply to. And the minor uh, arcana more show you what it applies to. Relationships, stuff, um, identity stuff, material stuff in the world. Those are very practical, um, sort of how do you apply these great big shifts from that deeper place? So the cards give you information about both those dimensions, which is really helpful because where, you know, where else do we understand this about ourselves? If otherwise, we start to feel a little crazy sometimes. Why are all these things happening to me now? And then you do a reading and you go, oh, now I get it. The tower just, you know, is in my energy right now. No wonder all these things are happening. It helps you make sense of things. The term I used with the artist was psychic weight, um, that the major arcana have more psychic weight than the minor. Uh, That's so a good way to say it. I also wanted to make sure that the Oz images that had the most psychic weight were in the major arcana. So most of the stuff that is directly from the Wizard of Oz, which is so much bigger in the public consciousness, uh, Wizard of Oz stuff tended to go into the major arcana, whereas other bomb books were scattered throughout the minor. Um, so that, again, not that either of them are better, but people are just going to know the wizard stuff better. It's going to have that bigger impact. Um, so you'll just... You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. And the wizard story, I think, is more inspired in a way. Yeah. It's just Put them up and scroll. Hmm? Put them up and scroll. Oh, again? Sure. Does anyone have any questions about the making of the deck or any of the artists? Or about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the making of the deck. So imagine the artwork's done. Did you um, contact the company that makes the decks already? Oh, um, so we, we were talking about this a little, yeah, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. So we, we funded this through uh, Kickstarter, and before we could do the Kickstarter, you have to know what your budget is that you're asking for. So yeah, I, I did all of the research about every single piece of the project, um, the pricing of the actual artists. Um, the, the, the velvet bags we'll be giving um, later, where we were printing it. I got multiple quotes from places. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every, every single aspect of the project was, was researched before we even started it. Ordering the text Like, this is the hangman, but it doesn't say the hangman. Yeah, well, what you're looking at now is not the final cards. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we, we didn't come with that. That's what you could look at the deck. This is just um, art to scroll through because we just wanted people to see the art. For this particular project, we went with um, custom, custom printing playing, playing cards. Um, quality playing cards is their other name. Uh, they're located in the U.S. if you're re making regular playing cards, um, but these were actually physically printed in China because that's where th they print them. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah, because they were oversized, um, we had to print in China. It's a U.S. company, but we had to print in China because that's where yeah. they had the dye that could make... The, but that's really normal for the comic book industry, which we're used to. You either pay a lot more and get it faster in the U.S., or you make a, have a great savings, wait much longer, and have it printed in China. That's very normal in the comic book industry. It's one or the other. Because you have to wait for the... It literally comes by ship, and it's one to two months wait earliest. Are you dealing with a company in China when you do that, or are you... No, we're we dealing with the U.S. company, and they're, they're dealing with their manufacturers in China. Well, it, it's a subcontractor, I'm sure, for the, the, the company, yeah. It's just, like, if you went to Levi's Jeans, they've got, you know, the manufacturers and so forth. Yeah. Does anyone else have a question, or do you have another? Sorry. Hmm? <laughs> I'm having deja vu, sorry. Really? Yes. <laughs> that time. You've been here before. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like I dreamed. I do. <laughs> I like Too much. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Well, everyone can ooh and ah over them, or if you, you want can to make out loud comments too. Yeah, it's if okay. You want to pause, I can <laughs> yeah. pause on any of these as well if you want to discuss it. Yeah, we can pause on any single one of them and tell you what they are or who the artists are, or we could discuss the imagery. 
as it scrolls on through. Turn it into a movie. Wait, wait. You've done a good job. So this piece, this piece was really funny to us. I know it's very different. So I'm going to show you something about this car. The dark side of the moon. This piece was done by a graphic artist named Chandra Free. And she's she's very talented. She's done work on um, on cartoons. No, she's just a fan. She's a fan. Oh, she's on one of our. Very 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 to get a hard to get a hold of, and um, and we were just just astonished and ecstatic. She was a part of this deck, and she sent us this work, and we'd had it for a while. I think we already had the the first proofs back before another person pointed out to me that this is actually um, a three D <laughs> image. Um, yeah, the bee, it's not the same. The bee is casting a card. shadow onto the card. He's it, on the card, artistically. So he's casting a shadow here. Oh. And we realized it's too late. We should have had him actually go outside oh. the border. <laughs> so he's literally oh, on yeah. the card. Um, hmm. And we did not expect that. That's, we didn't ask her to do anything like that. And it's an amazing extra thing, like Mark was talking about, that we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, so cool. We asked her to make the card uncanny. Because um, the idea was to evoke um, the the witches of Oz, not necessarily just the Wicked Witch. Uh, the Wicked Witch is a big bone of contention because uh, everybody—that's what everybody wanted to draw. If you ask the artists what they wanted to draw, they all wanted to do the Wicked Witch. However, they wanted to do the MGM Wicked Witch or Dorothy, which was not part of our thing. So this became—I, my thinking on the moon was evoking that feminine power. The, the witch's power, the Hecate, uh, the goddesses of the moon. Um, so I said, you know, it's, it's going to be very abstract, but because the card often has wolves and crows on it, that he says Wicked Witch. That's, those are her weapons that she uses against Dorothy and her friends. Uh, so I, I figured we could put wolves, crows, and bees onto the card. Oh, and it was, it was Chandra who came up with the idea of putting the face in the moon. Um, I had just asked for a sort of a pale, sickly, greenish moon, um, and she turned it into to, to face. It it is a bit darker. It was supposed to be just uh, mysterious, but again, Chandra, this is the way. This, this is, is what, her style. This is what drew her in. So and it's almost maleness. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's true. very mm -hmm. very male vibe vibe. Mm -hmm. It sort of forces you to really look at the dark side. Mm -hmm. And the shadowy side of things, you know, um, to to see the opposite of the sun. Well, that's rather than just a reflection of the sun, yeah. you have to really look at the shadow, the darker oh, stuff we don't look at so often. Yeah, it's very interesting because it shifts the the way of looking at it. We, it was we were supposed to get the sun next because <laughs> um, it was going to. It was a very much idea of that the sun is uh, bright solar creative power and the moon is mysterious other creative power. One is more intuitive, one is more intellectual. And I did, in the booklet, there's, I make an explicit contrast between the two types of creative energy. One is and one is passionate. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. keep going? Yeah, I guess we'll keep going. Uh, but yeah, this, this is one of the cards created by Eric Schanauer. Um, he did 10 of the cards in our deck. Yes, and I had asked Eric, uh, I was like, we need Ozma in it, uh, and also this is her birthday party, so if you could give me three or four other Oz characters. Uh, we couldn't believe he did this. And <laughs> so, it, it's so Eric. It was, just, it was just overwhelmingly amazing. He, just put, he gave me everybody. Everybody. And I had asked for the pigs in another card, and they didn't show up. They didn't <laughs> he decided show up they should go here. Were there any other questions? Because we have to wrap up soon. It's almost two. But you could come to our table and keep talking to yeah, us. And we have, <laughs> not, not to be a salesman, but we have larger prints of all the, all the cards, so you can look at them at full size. And necklaces. And, and bookmarks. So now we're into um, the, the minor arcana. That's another Eric Shanauer card. And we're going by numbers, so you're seeing all the threes, all the fours. Probably have time to scroll through it all. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you'd like to see it, I mean, we'll just keep we'll going. We'll scroll through until, until, and then we'll wrap up at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call out anyone you recognize. This you is not to... meant to look like anybody. <laughs> I'm struck by the fact that this visual style is different from the different artists, and 
is that what you wanted? I mean, I wouldn't you want we knew it was going to be an anthology of art. We knew there was no way we would get 18 different artists to do the exact same style. Yeah. What pulls it together at, fingers crossed, is the border design, the color, the thematic um, design elements, so that it's a, you're, viewing, you're viewing the imagination through different lenses, but you're still in the same space. And we feel their artistic tastes and and abilities do blend. Some may be stronger than others, but they still yeah, mix it, well together. And if there's somebody that you don't like, hopefully you can go and look at the cards of somebody that you do like. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are enough other artists that... Yeah. Artwork should be dynamic, just like the readings are Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's full of... And again, my thing is balance. Trying to find just the right balance between between all these elements. Good thing is balance in life. You fail miserably, but yeah, you try. <laughs> I love him. He's so cute. <laughs> Please say if you have any questions <laughs> about any of the things. We have anecdotes about everything. But. Yeah, every, every card pretty much. There's a, I, this is one of the most beautiful cards to us. And everything, uh, I don't know if I made it explicit, um, is I didn't want to have just generic fantasy figures in tarot positions and just call it Oz. Everything had to be sourced in either an Oz passage or a plausible Oz scene or something that... Uh, was beautiful enough that even if it didn't really happen... It could have happened. happened. This is Henry. We're almost done. Yeah. And time out just right. And there are some, again, the booklet really helps because there are some obscure characters in there and it tells you where to find them and where they first appeared and how, how to learn more about them. It's got a select bibliography. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Isn't that gorgeous? We're at the pages. We're almost done. We have queens and kings. We did kings. No, we did. What are we? Uh, we're just the pages. Yeah. Queens. Queens. It's Antem. Of course, Ginger. And we're done. That's our deck. Thank you for coming. Oh, yes! This is what the kids want. I'll get the drinks in. You got it.